his tracks takes me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear will never conquer me, for you already have. You remain close to me and lead me through it all the way. Your authority is my strength and my peace. The comfort of your love takes away my fear. I will never be lonely, for you are near. You become my delicious feast. Even when my enemies dare to fight, you anoint me with your fragrance of the Holy Spirit. You give me all I can drink of, you, until my heart overflows. So why would I fear the future? For your goodness and love 
pursue me all the days of my life. Then afterward, when my life is through, I'll return to your glorious presence and be forever with you. The Lord is my best friend, my shepherd. I always have more than enough. He offers a resting place for me in his luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. That's where he restores and revives my life. He opens before me pathways to God's pleasure and leads me along in his footsteps of righteousness so that I can bring honor to his name. Lord, even when your path takes me through the valley of deepest darkness, fear. Good evening, everybody. I'm Pastor Doug. I want to welcome you to Victory Christian Fellowship tonight. This is our Wednesday night refreshing service. And we're believing for times of refreshing that come from God's presence to touch His people, change hearts, to heal sick bodies. And Lord, we just give you thanks and praise. You are a good and faithful God. And Lord, you're the rock of our salvation, our chief cornerstone, and our firm foundation. And, Lord, it's on your solid rock that we stand. And we put our trust and our hope in you. And we welcome your presence into this place. And we give you all the glory and all the praise. In Jesus' name, amen. Stand together tonight. It's going to be a little different tonight. I feel like we just need to uh, go a little deep tonight. So just go with us. Let's see where the Holy Spirit wants to go. Amen.
Oh, hallelujah, Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord, we honor and reverence your presence. We acknowledge you, Lord, as the Almighty God, the Great I Am, the Prince of Peace, the Everlasting Father. Oh, you sit on the throne forever and ever and ever. And Lord, we have this privilege tonight to be gathered here at your feet, listening to your word, feeling the touch of your presence. Oh, Father, I thank you that you will give to each one what they need, want, and desire, Lord, because you know. And we just want you to have your way, have your way, have your way, have your way. Oh, we give you glory and honor and praise. Oh, the joy of the Lord. Your peace that passes understanding. Your faith that lights up our lives. Oh, the whisper of your spirit that leads God and directs us. Oh, we bless you, Lord. Bless you, Lord Jesus. We bless you, Lord Jesus. Oh, we lift you up in the sanctuary. We glorify your name. We're here to receive of your word. To mix our faith with what we've heard. Oh, hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord. we know that you're here and we thank you Lord for speaking to us And every day, year after year, past, present, and future, I am the same. I'm the one who removes your pain. I'm the one who breaks your chains. I'm the one who calls you by my name. I've called you to myself. I've called you to be triumphant in life. Oh, hear my song that I sing over you. You are my beloved. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Say, I'm God's beloved. Amen. Thank you, Signature Worship Team. You may have your seats. Thank you for being here tonight. Oh, there's nothing like His presence. I'd rather be in His presence than any place else. He is the source of life. Hallelujah. I just want to let you know two things. That on March 27th at 11 a.m., that's a Saturday, we're having our egg hunt at 11 a.m. And we're going to have a great time. Kids 2 to 10 are welcome to come and partake. And it's, it's a fun time. So if you can be here March 27th, 11 a.m., uh, also, that day we're having our Barnabas group men's meeting, which will occur earlier. And then uh, coming up uh, April 16th, 17th, we're having our Woven uh, Women's Conference with uh, Robin D. Bullock. And uh, he's going to be with us Friday night for the conference, Saturday morning for the conference, and Sunday morning for our church service. The conference is free. Registration is free, but we ask you... Uh, to please register, ladies, if you're going to come, because it is filling up. We are getting calls from all different kinds of places. And uh, so uh, be sure to register online. You can go to our website at dfpa.org. And if you're watching online, we just say, good to have you. Welcome. There's no distance in the spirit. Amen. And uh, here at VCF, we don't pass a container. But we do have a seed planter in the back, and you are welcome to give your tithes and offerings, however the Lord may lead you. Give that any time during the service. There's envelopes in the back there. And I just want to read one scripture from 2 Kings chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Then Jehoiada, the priest, he took a chest. And bored a hole in it, in the lid of it, just like we have right there. And he set it beside the altar, except ours is not beside the altar. Ours is, uh, anyway. On the right side, as one entered the house of the Lord, and the priests who guarded the door put in the chest all the money that was brought to the house of the Lord. And whenever they saw there was much money in the chest, I must say much money. The, the king's scribe and the high priest came up and counted the money that was found in the house of the Lord and tied it up in bags. Not one bag, but bags. Amen. He says, you give unto the work of the Lord. God takes that seed and he multiplies it back unto you and he blesses you. And Father, I just speak a blessing now. By the authority of Jesus Christ, Lord, I bless every gift and giver that is brought into your kingdom, into this house, into this work, Lord. May you be honored and glorified and give a good, abundant return to the giver in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Were you guys ready to have an encounter tonight? You know, we're learning how to flow and to move and to yield and to respond to the Holy Spirit. You know, the Holy Spirit's a person. 
Bible says don't grieve the Holy Ghost. How could I grieve him? By, by disobeying him, by not respecting him, by not valuing him, not honoring him. And man, he's, he's a person, he has a voice, he can touch, he can teach, he can preach, he can testify, he can proclaim. And uh, Jesus is God's greatest gift to the world, but the Holy Spirit is God's greatest gift to the church. And I, wanna, I want to point out tonight how easy it is to be able to flow with the Holy Spirit. You don't have to get a doctorate. Although a doctorate is not bad. My wife's getting her doctorate. Pretty soon she's going to be Dr. Fiona. Amen? And uh, now in the Old Testament... They did not have the Holy Spirit in them. Believers today in the New Testament, we have the Holy Spirit in us. And if you're not a believer in Jesus, then you can change that tonight. Amen? Greatest decision you'll ever make is to make Jesus Christ your Lord. And then to follow Him the rest of your life. You know, God's not interested in making converts. He's not interested in getting churchgoers. But he is interested in making disciples. People who are learners, pupils, pupils, followers of Jesus. Lifelong. Amen? How many are lifelong followers of Jesus? From the moment I met him, I followed him. Does that mean I never, does that mean I did everything right? No, I made mistakes along the way. But see, God included grace and repentance into his plan. Amen? And they cover our mistakes. And I want to talk to you about a man named Saul. And uh, he was the first king of Israel. Israel was crying like a whiny baby. And they wanted to be like every other nation. Every other nation has a king and we don't have a king. And we want a king. We want a king. Give us a king. It wasn't God's will for them to have a king. But because they whined so much, God gave it to them. And he said, this is what's going to happen. And so, God's choice for the first king of Israel was Saul. I think Saul had a problem with dandruff because the Bible says he was head and shoulders above the rest. His father, according to 1 Samuel chapter 9... His father was a mighty man of influence and wealth. And uh, verse 2, he had a son. His father's name was Kish. I'd like to have a dad named Kish. And his son was named Saul. The Bible says he was a choice and handsome man. Among the sons of Israel, there was not a man more handsome than he. From his shoulders and up, he was a head taller than any other people. Okay? And so, you know, God will use things of life to get you to your destiny. And in Saul's case, his father lost his donkeys. I remember when I was in uh, Kenya... 
Not only do they have a lot of sheep and goats, but there was a lot of donkeys there. And they said that the donkeys are the best alarm system when there's a wild animal that's going to attack the sheep. The donkeys will sound the alarm. Anyway, Saul's father lost his donkeys, and so God was going to use the losing of the donkeys to get Saul to where he needed him to be. And so he sent Saul and another servant out to search for the donkeys. And they looked everywhere. They couldn't find them. And then the servant said, well, let's, there's, there, there's a man of God in this city. How many know God will help you find anything? Amen? And so they said, well, let's go to him. And Saul said, well, we, what, what am I going to give him? You know, it was customary to give the man of God something. He said, our bread is all gone. And the, and the servant said, well, I have a, a quarter of a shekel of silver. I'll give that to the man of God. Anyway, so let's go to First uh, Samuel chapter 10. Okay? And uh, they finally found their way to Samuel, who was a prophet. He was the man of God. See, they did not have the Spirit of God in them, so they had to go to the prophet to get direction. How many know if you're lost, how many know where to get direction? Well, I just use a map. Or I just use, how about God? How about if you don't know where you're going in life? A map's not going to help you. A GPS isn't going to help, but you can go to God, and he, he, he can locate right where you are, and He can get you where you need to be. Amen? Every one of us have a destiny. A, a designed assignment by God. God created you on purpose for a purpose. Every one of us have a purpose. This is my purpose. I'm called to help people find their treasure and inheritance in God's Word. So, verse 1, Samuel took the flask of oil and poured it on Saul's head, kissed him, and said, Has the Lord not anointed you as ruler of his inheritance, Israel? How many know the anointing makes all the difference in a person's life? The anointing is the yoke-destroying, burden-removing power of God. The anointing is real. It's tangible. It's the workhorse of God's kingdom. The anointing does the heavy lifting. It breaks yokes off of people's lives. It removes burdens. It sets people free. It's the wonder-working power of God. And oftentimes in the Old Testament, the anointing was symbolized by oil. He poured that flask of oil all over him. How many ever had oil poured on you? There's about to be an oil slick tonight. An oil spill tonight. Amen? You know, God will even give you fresh oil. How many could use an oil change tonight? You got some oil that you've been running your, your systems on and you need the oil change tonight. Well, you came to the right place. You know, in a vehicle, you've got to change your oil every so, every so many miles. Right? Three or five thousand miles. If you don't change your oil, your car is not going to run at peak performance. And the thing about God is he wants to keep the oil of joy full in your heart. There's an oil of joy. All right? So, 
Saul was anointed. He was kissed and he had a word from God. All right. You know, when God anoints you, he kisses you. It's it, it's it's a it's a familiar family greeting. When God anoints you, he's saying, welcome to my presence. Amen. So Samuel says something very interesting to Saul. Now, Saul is anointed to be king. Everybody say king. Okay, that was his, his calling, his assignment was to be king. And then he says, when you leave today, you will meet two men besides Rachel's tomb in the territory of Benjamin at Zelzah. And they will say to you, the donkeys you went to look for have been found. And your father has stopped caring about them and is worried about you. See, because they were looking everywhere. It took days. And they, could, they couldn't find these donkeys. And so they could, but in the process of finding donkeys, they got connected to the prophet. Okay? Verse 3, then you will go on further from there and you will come to the terebinth tree of Tabor. That's an oak tree. You know what an oak tree is? One crazy nut that held its ground. Amen? And three men going up to sacrifice to God at Bethel will meet you there. One carrying three young goats, another carrying three loaves of bread, and another carrying a jug of wine. Representative of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Wine is another symbol of the Holy Spirit. Verse 4, they will greet you and give you two loaves of bread. That's the Old Testament and the New Testament. Jesus is the bread of life, right? And uh, you will accept from their hand. After that, you will come to the hill of God, where the garrison of the Philistines is. And when you come there to the city, you will meet a group of prophets. You know... When you trust prophets, you prosper. You trust in the Lord, he'll establish you, but when you trust in prophets, you prosper. What do prophets do? They speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And uh, they're going to be coming down from the high place of worship with the harp, the tambourine, the flute, the lyre before them, and they will be prophesying. Prophets like music. They were having a Holy Ghost jam session. Right? A group of prophets with instruments and they're, they're playing instruments while they're prophesying. Okay? Verse 6. Then the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you mightily. I want you to know Saul had no training in this area. This was going to be a first encounter with the Almighty. And aren't you glad that God's setting him up? He's telling him ahead of time what's going to happen. You know, if I were to take each of you to tell you what's going to happen tonight, you know, maybe that might put your mind in, I don't even know what's going to happen tonight. Amen? I know, but God knows. That's all I need to know. Right? You know, like when, when God asked the prophet, can these bones live? And he wasn't sure. He says, you know, Lord. That's a good answer. When you don't know, just, just go to God and say, you know, amen. You don't have to know as long as you know who knows. Right? You don't have to know 
as long as you know who knows. And your trust is in the knower. Amen? So, how many are, are willing for the Holy Spirit to come on you? See, when the Holy Spirit comes on a person, you've got to be willing to let go of control. If God is your co-pilot, you're in the wrong seat. You should be the pilot. You should be the passenger. Everybody say lose control. What if I lose dignity? That could happen. David said when he danced before the Lord, when the Spirit of the Lord came on him, he said, I'll be more undignified than this. Listen, you can't fear not being dignified. I've seen people, you know, sometimes God just needs to mess us up a little bit. You know? Not in a bad way, but in a good way. We get stuck in traditions of men. We think God can only fit in one box. He can't fit in any box. But we have to be opened for God to move how he wants to move. Can I get a witness on that? So I want you to get rid of any preconceived ideas that you came in here with tonight. All right? The Spirit of the Lord will come upon you how? Mightily. That means with power. It's going to be something. I remember, there are times in my life when the Holy Spirit came on me. I remember I was in the Czech Republic, and we were in a Bible study, and a Swedish evangelist, an evangelist from Sweden met me in the Czech Republic, a, a, boy from, a Polish boy from Illinois. And for 45 minutes, while he prophesied over me, I sat there and shook. I, there was just a heaviness on me. I just shook. I didn't know what was going to happen, but it just happened. Say, let it happen. Fear the Lord will come upon. See, when he comes, he comes with power. He's got some oomph to him. Right? We need power to change things. Natural things aren't going to change things, but power changes things. And you will prophesy with them. Was Saul anointed to prophesy? No, he was anointed to be king. But how many know that God's anointing has many facets? It can work in many avenues. You know, we use electricity to cool ourselves, to heat our houses, to cook our food, to make our water hot. We use electricity in a lot of different ways, right? It's all the same electricity, it's just used in different ways. Same thing with God's power. God's power has many facets, many avenues, many ways of expression. Verse 7. Oh, and he says, you'll be changed into another man. When you have an encounter with anointing, you're not going to be the same. It will change you. It will impact you. The anointing, it's like... When a jackhammer meets concrete, that concrete is changed. Amen? And when these signs come to you, did you know that signs follow them that believe? 
What's a sign that makes you look, gets your attention? What's a wonder? Something that makes you wonder. God does signs and wonders. He still does signs and wonders today. He's a wonder-working God. He does wonders. He does the impossible. When it looks or feels or seems impossible, God can do it. When these signs come up, you do for yourself whatever the situation requires. Everybody say, here I am, Father. Use me. You know, we just got to open our hearts to what God wants to do in the moment. I remember when I got saved, I just felt compelled to go to church. After several invitations. And when I finally went, it was my night. Amen. Twelve years old. In a church service just like this, except to have maybe ten or less people. And that pastor preached, Pastor Lloyd Curry. And when he got done, he said, is there anyone who would like to make Jesus their Lord and Savior? You know, the half hand ways when you're not too sure. I don't know if I want to get in on this, but I, something's tugging on my heart. I feel the pull of God, but I don't know. Okay. You know, in the church that I went to, we didn't raise our hands. I, I stood up, kneeled, and sat and made the sign of the cross. That was it. But when I went up front and I said, Jesus, come into my heart, something went like that. It was just like that. And the moment it did it, my hands began to shake again. You know, God, God, God is, he likes to shake, rattle, and roll. He likes to shake things in his house. He shook a prison. He shook the ground, right? He shook the Red Sea, made it split open, and there was a road. Dry, dry ground. They were able to walk through the Red Sea on dry ground because God split the Red Sea. Anyway, I didn't know what was going to happen, but I just made myself available. All right? So do, whatever, do for yourself whatever the situation requires. Say, I'm yours, Lord. I put no restriction on you. All right? God heard you. All right? So when God, when God comes upon you and He does something that you didn't expect, just, keep, just smile and enjoy it. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, just enjoy it. Let God work. I mean, no no patient tells the surgeon how to do the surgery. Why? They're under anesthesia. Sometimes God's got to knock you out to work on you. I call it spiritual anesthesiology. He's got to put you out so that he can do the work on your heart. You know, a patient is not going to tell the surgeon, don't use that scalpel. Amen? You just got to let the surgeon work, right? Just let God work. Verse 8, you shall go down ahead of me to Gilgal, and behold, I will be coming down to you to to offer burnt offerings and sacrifice peace offerings. You shall wait seven days. Then it happened. Everybody say, it happened. Here it comes. Oh, my goodness. When Saul turned his back to leave Samuel... The minute Samuel got done speaking, God was about to perform his word. 
See, I'm giving you the word first, so then God's going to do the performing of it. All right? God changed his heart. How many are ready for a heart change tonight? Go from sickness to healed. Go from weak to strong. Go from confused to knowing where you need to go and what you got to do. Amen? A change of heart. Why? God works from the inside out. Never the outside in. His heart was changed. And all these signs came to pass that day. Why? God's word is true. Say, God's word is true. You can expect that what God's word says to come to pass in your life. Amen? Verse 10, when they came to the hill, behold, a group of prophets met him. Okay? And the Spirit of God came on him mightily, and he prophesied. Amplified says, under divine guidance among them. Paul, Saul was not trained in prophesying, but when the Spirit of God came on him, he began to prophesy. What's he opened his mouth and spoke words given to him by the Holy Spirit. Right? Speaking under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Okay? And uh, now when all who knew Saul previously saw that he actually prophesied, by inspiration, with the prophets. What has happened to Saul, who is nobody but the son of Kish? Is Saul also among the prophets? See, when you get around a certain anointing, it'll get on you. The anointing you fellowship with is the anointing that comes on you. The anointing you sow into is the anointing that comes on you. The anointing you associate with is the anointing that comes upon. The same, I'm telling you, the disciples, they hung around Jesus and they spoke the same thing. They did the same things. They uh, accomplished the same things. Amen. Even the, when he sent out the 70 to go into the town before he did, they came back and they said, the demons are subject to us. Just like they were subject to Jesus. See, the anointing you participate with, the anointing that comes on you. In Saul's case, it was prophets. And he just joined right in. Look at your neighbor and say, just join in. See, you're part of a chorus. God's not asking you to do a solo. He's asking you to be part of a chorus. Amen? I'm not the singer of the family. I sing solo so you can't hear me. I can carry a tune, just not too far. Okay? So it became a proverb. It saw also among the prophets. They saw him hanging with the prophets, prophesying with the prophets, working under the anointing. And notice, he didn't have to have a degree. He didn't have to be trained. He just came on it and he cooperated with the Holy Ghost. Right? The Holy Ghost started moving. He started working. And Saul just cooperated with him. How many are ready to cooperate? All right. And verse 13, when Saul had finished prophesying, did you know that the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet? Did you know that you can choose 
to participate with the Holy Spirit and you can choose to stop. He doesn't take full control over you. You still have a choice. Amen? When he had finished prophesying, he went to the high place of worship. All right? And I was going to get into Romans 8, but I don't have time. I've had Romans 8 prepared for a month and I still can't get to it yet. Because God does something different every week. But that's okay. God is a creator. He likes variety. He's a fun God. Amen? He likes to keep it interesting. Amen? So you came here tonight because your soul is longing for something. It needs to be refreshed. It needs to be touched. It needs to be filled. Maybe your body needs to be healed. Amen? Is there anybody here that you need to be healed in your body tonight. I want you to, we'd like to pray for you tonight. Because we believe in the power of prayer. We believe in the laying on of hands. And we believe that God's word clearly teaches that it is God's will to heal. Jesus went about healing. He did three things. Teaching, preaching, and healing. Amen? Say, I'm going to be healed tonight. I'm going to be filled tonight. I'm going to be touched tonight. I'm among the prophets. I'm under the anointing. Do you realize that if you turn a faucet on, if you stick your head underneath the faucet, you're going to get wet? Amen? It's inevitable that when you participate with something, it's going to get on you. Just let it flow. Say, let it flow. Amen? Just yield to it. You know what a yield is? When something's moving by, you stop and let it go by. You stop and let it do what it needs to do. And then when it's done, then you can proceed. Amen? You need healing tonight? Anybody else need healing tonight? You're going to get healed tonight. Amen? Would you mind uh, coming up front here? Anybody else need healing? You know, God's going to come on you mightily. Just like he came on Saul. See, the anointing of God, it does many things. It, it the same anointing that prophesies is the same anointing that heals. And Jesus, he went about healing. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Oh, Father, we give you thanks and praise for your healing anointing and your power. Lord, you brought her here tonight, Father. Because she had a need. And Lord, she knew that you were the only one who could meet that need. You were the only one, Father, who could change the situation. Right now, Lord, you're touching her body from head to toe with your power, with your glory, with your might, Lord. I call her healed and whole in the name of Jesus. I rebuke every sickness, disease, infirmity, and weakness. And Lord, I thank you that you took away her pain and by your stripes, she is healed. She was healed, therefore she is healed. In the name of Jesus, healing belongs to her as a daughter of God. In the name of Jesus. Father, I give you thanks and praise right now. I thank you, Lord.
what can happen to one who asks? They receive. Everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door is open. So you gotta ask, you gotta seek, and you gotta find. Father, I just thank you for your double portion right now. In the name of Jesus, Lord, you fill her full of joy. The joy of the Lord is her strength right now. And I thank you that your joy is taking a hold of her. Joy unspeakable and full of glory in the name of Jesus. Woo! Greater things! Greater things! Greater things! Ha ha ha! 
I'm telling you, because God is for you, no one can be against you. God's got more resources, more strength, and more power than you ever realized. And it is all yours. It's available to you. It's, it's at your bidding in the name of Jesus. Take his power, take his goods, take his goodness and his grace and his favor, and do what you were created to do without holding back. Don't hold back anymore. In the name of Jesus, you're breaking through. You're breaking through. Hallelujah.